0: You're listening to the Industry Alchemist Podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. Hello guys, Uh, this is Matt Brower, host of Industry Alchemist podcast. This episode's guest is an impressive leader in the cannabis industry. After graduating from nursing school from Northwestern University, Stacy Kaysen spent 15 years as an anesthesiology nurse practitioner. She started investing in real estate and development projects with a business partner in 2014 and then decided to get her executive MBA from DU in 2015. Stacy then attended real estate and development programs at Harvard University in 2015 and 2017. So she definitely has a uh, well-rounded education. Uh, Her development company, Endurance Real Estate Partners, predominantly deals in urban infill multifamily projects these days. In 2018, she decided to make a positive impact on the opioid crisis and provide actual help to people suffering from chronic pain. She does that with the use of CBDA, the process in which her company, Planetary, extracts CBDA from the plant is innovating the industry. I'm excited to learn more about what that is. So thank you so much for being on the show, Stacey.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me.
0: So uh, as we jump in here, can you just first start by describing what exactly is CBDA versus CBD? I think people generally know the, like the the term hemp and CBD. What it does, there's a lot of healing effects. What's specifically CBDA?
1: So I get this question all the time, very common. What most people don't know is that the plant, the hemp plant herself, makes CBDA. The plant does not make CBD. That is what happens through chemicals, heat, cause a decarboxylation reaction that then forms the molecule of CBD. So we call it kind of the CBD industry as a whole, but that actually refers to cannabidiol, which is one individual molecule. CBDA, think of it like the mother to CBD yeah, and, and the raw living um, acidic cannabinoid that's actually made in the plant. So by extracting with water, we keep all of the raw cannabinoids the way they're made in the plant. And we believe there's a lot of health benefits to leaving it in that. Raw in that form.
0: state, mm-hmm. huh wow so would you say most uh, b- most companies in this industry in the hemp industry um, are doing they're n- they're not focusing on CBDA it's more um, yes processing the the yes. plant in a more
1: yeah uh, because they're processing with usually ethanol or other you know, hexane, butane, pentane, other solvents. Even if it's CO2, then they're usually adding those solvents and heat. So they are, through the processing, decarboxylating it into CBD.
0: Wow. Um, is there a difference in the, in the effects, in the yes. positive impacts or effects it has on patients? Yes. Describe the difference.
1: So CBDA, as compared to CBD, is more potent and bioavailable in our bodies. So it's got a more favorable pH PKA and molecule size that is more readily absorbed in our bodies. Hmm. And also it has different actions in the body specifically. And I think the most important one that, that in all the research that we've done is that it's a selective Cox two inhibitor. So COX is the group of receptors by which ibuprofen, for example, stops inflammation, Hmm. but Unlike ibuprofen, it doesn't act on the COX one receptors, which is what gives you the stomach and kidney side effects. So you're able to block inflammation or modulate the inflammation in the body, which is inflammation is the root of most modern diseases and, yeah. and most pain. Right. So you we can block that with CBDA naturally without the the side effects from ibuprofen. Oh and other Oh my gosh! And yeah. is
0: there any um, obviously with CBD? There's no like high feeling. There's
1: no high. Really. And
0: as, as, do you mix any of your, I know a lot of companies that are in this business, they mix, they have hybrids, they mix with THC. Do you guys do any of
1: No, we operate on the, the decaffeinated side of the industry. Okay. So we're not, <laughs> it's a good all, way to put it. <laughs> all of our products have less than the 0.3%. So we don't have the marijuana licenses or Um, I think in time we will do what we would do with the marijuana plants. And that term is just higher THC cannabis plants, right? Right. We would extract THCA. So it's also similar fashion, right? The precursor to THC and a real world example is if you were to get a bud from a marijuana plant and eat it, you won't get high because that's, you're kidding. No, that's THCA. And it does not bind to the CB1 receptors, which is what gives you this psychoactive high. Yeah. The reason you light it, the heat from the lighter from smoking it decarboxylates it into THC.
0: Oh my gosh. So
1: those are, you know, kind of parallel paths. Yeah. But our products um, being, and they do have some THCA below the 0.3, but again, non-psychoactive. So it's a full spectrum from the plant, but... All of the cannabinoids that we have in our products do not bind to the CB1 receptors. So you do not get the high that you do from like smoking pot.
0: How did you, um, so you started this in 2018 Mm that your company planetary. Yes. And that's spelled P L A N T E R I E. And for the listener's sake, what's the website? Is it planetary.com? Yes.
1: P L A N E T A R I E.com.
0: Okay. I may have missed an E there. (laughs) um, how did you come about this innovative way of like uh, processing and like how, tell, talk about that?
1: Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in early 2018, I was kind of introduced to the hemp industry as a whole. And this was before the Farm Bill had passed. But some states, including Colorado, had um, plans in, in place and, and laws in place to allow for growing of hemp. At that time C B D was starting to boom and the price for each one was, was pretty high. So farmers yeah. were entering the space thinking they're gonna make a ton of money. I'm not sure how many really did. But when it really interested me from a plant medicine perspective, yeah. I do believe that plants have the ability to help us heal.
0: Oh yeah. So I concur.
1: Good. Not that it matters, but <laughs> so I was, you know, having the healthcare background and like in anesthesia, we saw chronic pain every day. Yeah, and for a couple of years, I worked at only a pain center, so I saw these chronic pain and chronic opioid use every day. Oh my Opioids gosh. are great for acute, sudden pain. We gave them pretty much every surgery, right? Yeah, and it's great for an acute, short-term duration. They're not intended for long-term, and you get a lot of complications from that. Yeah, I mean, one year the Super Bowl commercial was about opioid-induced constipation. That should tell you we have a oh problem. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So I was really interested in kind of the healing promises from the plant, yep. but I'm more of an overview systems thinker. So I kind of studied from a 30,000 foot view. And at that time, especially, there was a major bottleneck in the processing. So we looked at processing and frankly, wasn't excited about the ethanol or the CO2 yeah. processing. Um, so, the idea of water extraction has been around since I think the 19, early 1970s. Um, no one had made it happen. No one had brought it to fruition in the cannabis space. So, for some reason, um, I had the audacity to take on that challenge <laughs> <laughs> and hired I some I mean, if, really anyone was, good if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be you. <laughs> Why not? In the
0: short time I've known you, I just, you know, I could tell. Thank you.
1: <laughs> audacity was a, a word someone called me. And I was like, oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's better than the other words you might want to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I hired a great team. And we spent a bit of time in R&D and, and made it happen. And
0: How, What's a bit of time? What is that? How long? Because that can be a monster from somebody looking we to like get into the space. We
1: within, let's say, two, three months. Three months Oh, probably. wow. Okay. Um, and there were some, some bumpy... Uh, spots along the way we, we would be like oh wait what happened this oh okay we learned yeah so then probably another six months of like a really perfecting process and then we've been extracting pretty successfully for the last two years um so
0: you produce uh you extract and then do you produce um retail yes. uh, products
1: so where do you sell originally and what of we were going to be b2b and just do the extraction and sell the raw materials. Yep. And at the time, especially, even still, most people didn't know what CBDA was. They didn't understand this whole plant extract because it has right. flavonoids in it. It has the full spectrum of, of cannabinoids and, and small amounts of terpenes and stuff from the plant. So there wasn't a big demand. And because it was so different and unique, the, yeah. the product itself as well as the process, it was frankly, hard to sell. So we originally started to do some formulations at the end of 2019 for the purpose of let's show people what this can do and let's try it. Like we all want to try it and, and see how we feel and see if it does help my right. um, broke up knee and see right. <laughs> how this Head can work. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we took that to like retail goods in early 2020 we had some issues with payment processing and a, and a contract manufacturer that didn't meet par and so we actually launched the first week of may of 2020 so right in the heat of the pandemic so wow it's great. yeah yeah uh, our flagship is planetary.com uh, we're mostly direct to consumer through the website okay. we are in a few um Doctor's offices, chiropractic offices, a couple of gyms, and a few spas. So like yeah. the Four Seasons Spa now carries our products. Um, Hilton Inverness Spa in Denver carries our products. So there's a few. We're growing that yeah. retail component for sure. And is it
0: under the uh, – if somebody sees a bottle, it's under the Planetary, Planetary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. brand? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: We do white labels for – or really it's custom formulations for a couple other brands, like two right now. Yeah. So we do have the manufacturing capacity to do that. But that big pivot – not only did we make the finished goods but we you know everything's vertically integrated now so we have a contract grower in Greeley that's USDA organic certified that grows the plants and then we take it from the plant to the finished product safety sealed labeled ready to go in our facility yeah. in Evans which is essentially Greeley and and ship from there, so that's that's the drop ship the right from your facility. Yeah, we drop ship wow. from our facility. So spent a lot of time at the post office in Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I bet.
0: Yeah. And how's it going? Are you guys experiencing growth? Yeah. Um,
1: so I just reviewed all the year-end financials, 2021, yeah. as compared to 2020. Yeah. 2.8x in sales revenue nice. increase. Congratulations. Thank you. 2.5x decrease in expenses, which was huge. Wow. Yeah, so that was stopping the R&D and, like, really getting oh, efficient right. and fine-tuning. Your
0: processes and processes your systems and, and everything. And, and doing yeah.
1: everything in-house saves some money, and we definitely got, learned a lot of efficiencies along the way. Yeah. Buying some equipment and stuff, too, so.
0: Oh, man, that's great. Thank you. Um, Side note on the opioid uh, crisis, and I, I was on your website recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Planetary website, and I watched your video oh, of nice. of the story, uh-huh. and you did mention the opioid crisis yeah. and how you, you know. And I just, um, I don't know if you've seen the show Dope Sick on Hulu. I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It'll blow your mind. Okay. It's mean, a true story okay. about the I opioid crisis yeah, yeah. and how it was actually created. Of
1: course. You, <laughs> and so, it was like, oh, my God. I haven't read the details, but I know there were some lawsuits that that people won. Like, yeah. They, I don't know how impactful the... Actual,
0: um, the like family, yeah, <laughs> but, the fines. yeah,
1: yeah, but they they definitely slap some hands in big pharma. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's
1: it's interesting because I I graduated nursing school in two thousand one. Yeah, my first day as an ICU nurse at LSU in Shreveport. Yeah, level one trauma center was nine eleven. No way. And the president, you know, when all this happens, the president actually spent the whole day at Barksdale Air Force Base in Shreveport, Louisiana, work. So. When you have a level one trauma center, when the president is in town, you have yeah. to reserve a bed. Now, this is obviously the craziest day we've lived through. Yeah. So it was quite a memorable first day at work. But at that time, that's when they introduced what they called the the fifth vital sign. So when you're, so ever that's the way I was trained in nursing school. It's the way all the physicians were trained to assess pain regularly and treat it aggressively. Yeah. So we were taught, and when I was researching for a blog, I wrote about the opioids. Um, I found that that like 2000, 2001 is kind of when, they, when it went. Blew up. A marketing scam from the opioid industry to yep. say, you need to aggressively assess and treat pain. Like they need to be getting opioids every four hours whether they need it or not. Oh and truly God. that's the way we were all trained. Yeah. And that's when opioids like boom. And so in the last, the other day, they, they counted the one millionth. I saw, I read an article on the one millionth person to die from opioid overdose in the last, I think it was 20 years. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Like what you're, no one's
1: died of a cannabis overdose that I've ever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but here's the data. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. When, when, uh, funny side story, when Colorado legalized, Mm -hmm. um, marijuana, Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was for, uh, um, you know, just use or just medical use, but Mm -hmm. my mom, Living in Arizona at the yeah. time I had a real problem with it because you know oh, she was yeah. curious, of and I lived here. Yeah, yeah. She was really concerned, and uh, the whole state's
1: gonna go to hell. Now. Yeah, she's like,
0: <laughs> she's like. I remember for some reason I remember this mm-hmm. distinctly. She said something like, um, "How many people have died of overdoses? Like, I've seen stories of so many people, and I was like, I was able to tell her, literally zero. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Literally zero. I, th- I think the ERs will tell you they, they'll there there is a thing of like." forget what they call it. Cannabis hyperemesis. So mm-hmm. basically you got really, really stoned, took too many edibles and yep. started puking a lot. Right. Cool. The body's purging. Right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to plant medicines. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so. I mean, it is really, uh, uh, I mean, I think this industry that you're in mm-hmm. is literally saving lives it and is. actually making people with chronic pain a lot, yeah. uh, more man- yeah. able to live a lot more manageable I
1: mean that's why we're here yeah to help people to help to help people feel better right I'm not going to sit here and make claims that we can cure yeah. everything from cancer to obesity that's right that's not how I role but it does it does make people feel better right it definitely improves quality of life improves wellness yeah. so and, and there's really not a downside. there's quite a few physicians who refer patients to us and we have a program for those with medical needs to get a discount. And one of the physicians that refers to us pretty much daily is chief of integrative medicine at George Washington University. Oh, wow. And he wrote a book on recently released medical marijuana. Andrew Weil was a contributor to the book, too. So it was a a really great book. Yeah, and he talks about CBDA quite a bit. And so I asked him again before another, I think before a blog I was writing or something, like, in your experience, because he, he... Prescribes cannabis regularly, and he tracks all these patients, and he tracks symptoms, and does a bit of research with it. Right. He said, in over three thousand patients, I've I've not had uh, a bad side effect. So he's he felt strong enough to say that he didn't see interactions, drug interactions, and side effects. You know, really worth stopping right. anyone from using it. So.
0: So he's uh, supportive and continues. He's very supportive. Yeah. That's okay. amazing.
1: Yeah, we we just recertified, so we're USDA organic certified, the process, most of the products. There's a couple products that we can't because of one of the ingredients, but um, that's really rare in the space too. Organic hemp is pretty common, but the process is not. Yeah, the extraction process. Yeah, so we really do the extra step to make sure that it's clean and we're not adding anything of harm. So all of our formulations are pretty simple. Mm -hmm. There's a few functional, intentional ingredients.
0: It's like uh, similar. I mean, I correlate it to like when I bought olive oil at Whole Foods or something. I look for cold pressed. Yes,
1: yes, exactly.
0: You know, as opposed to whatever else they do, I
1: have yeah. no idea. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Olive oil has done a good job of like marketing that cold press. Because yep. yep. to your point, I don't know what the other method is, but yeah. I, I go I don't want cold to. press. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want that to be people saying, I want water extracted CBD. Yeah. I don't know what the hell else the other right. guys do, but I want the water extracted.
0: <laughs> what other um, products or industries use water extraction? Is there anything that comes to mind? One
1: that's, that I think of as stevia, so oh, the, okay. the plant sweetener stevia is um, is made from plants grown mostly in South America. Yeah, and they do a similar water extraction. Okay, and it That's dries cool. into a powder. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> I googled this once, so I'm on somebody's watch list. But cocaine uh-huh. is done similarly because really? the coca leaves are plants, and yep. they don't do it with. They actually. Do it more with ethanol and heavy solvents. Gasoline, yeah. yeah. So they're using the heavy solvents. Yeah. Theoretically, they could with water. I don't know any cocaine producers. So do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) I actually googled it one day. Like, huh? That's a plant. How do they do this? Right. Yeah. yeah, That's true. Great. Now I'm on the DEA's watch list. What did you say in the basement of this house again? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
0: Um, So I'm curious to know how you're you're very much a well-educated, clinically trained individual scientist. Yeah, that then decides to get an MBA and Mm -hmm. then a uh, real estate degree, basically, in development from Harvard. Like, how does one go from... Being an anesthesiologist nurse practitioner to wanting to jump into uh, entrepreneurship and take the risk and like have that freedom that it offers—is uh, it, is it in admission. your family and your blood? Did yeah, you have any... my
1: family is all entrepreneurs, so I think I have that. I'm not risk averse in okay. business, maybe not things, but I don't know. Maybe it's ADD. I get bored easily. <laughs> <laughs> I got bored with anesthesia. It is pretty monotonous. Mm -hmm. It's about, the joke is it's 99% boredom and 1% sheer terror.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It just became really monotonous. And I was a little tired of healthcare as a system. You go to work before sunrise, you sit in a windowless OR all day, operating room, and leave, you know, whenever everybody's done, you meet patients who can be incredible and can be... Complete assholes. On their worst day. Yeah, yeah, and you're like—that's like, a better way to put it. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that was a rude way. Totally can be assholes. <laughs> yeah, some are amazing. Um, <laughs> and it's like the the, the basic freedoms mm-hmm. started wearing on me. Like mm. I can't get a drink of water or go to the bathroom when I want to. Yeah, because you're in—you're locked into the surgery, and it's—I think it was wearing on my body too. I was just like, I wanted something different. So I considered a few different things: like law school medical school, business school, um, ended up doing business and I love it because the MBA was one of the best things I've ever done. Hmm. University of Denver is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I walked in the first day, like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. I'm 30, was I then 33 years old and I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up, but it's not in healthcare. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I was pretty open. And at the time I was training for a full Ironman and my now business partner, was also an Ironman training, so we were introduced that way. And we, he runs all a lot faster than me, so we knew that wasn't going to work. But we bike really well together. Yeah. So on long bike rides, we'd have these conversations. And I would ask kind of everybody I met, what do you do for work? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What's an average day like? Right. And his was really interesting. He was a developer. I really loved the design aspects and also the finance. So it was kind of this dichotomy of, you know, every day is different. You get to use your brain in different ways every day. Right. And, um, schedules can be flexible. Some days you're killing yourself, and some days are lighter. And I really like that flexibility. So I started investing with him and then became partners in endurance. And then development slowed down. So I just try to like be open and go with the flow, I guess is the short way to say it. Yeah. As development slowed down, that's when this temp idea cranked up so mm. I still do both but we're not we don't have any active development projects um, so
0: you have a portfolio of have a properties portfolio, you've developed yeah, or, yeah. or purchased yeah and always on the on the lookout for good development yeah, projects yeah. but not
1: most of them we we develop and hold okay um, so we usually long-term hold Cash flows, manage it. We have sold a few strategic reasons. Yeah.
0: All in Metro Denver or do you guys go outside of the state? Golden in Metro Denver is what we've done so far. Yeah.
1: We we are currently looking at a couple things out of state. Um, It just kind of, we would look at markets that we know or have contacts. So um, he's from California. So we've looked at a couple things. Yeah. Areas of California, but. I've
0: heard that um, like Kansas City. Right. The Tampa market are just a couple that are. Yeah. To I do love to up up up. Nashville heard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Austin's a little further along past the curve. Yeah. Nashville maybe. we looked at a couple of years ago when it was really hot. Um kinda wish we had. But we just didn't find anything yeah. at the time. So yeah, Salt Lake City is an interesting oh, right. market yeah. so Salt close Lake. to the mountains and yep. certainly more affordable. Yep. So the same group of people that love Denver could also like love Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City yeah. if they yeah, yeah there were some of the cultural aspects, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> differences. <laughs> I think
0: it's slowly happening, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's great. Um, how, what are your? Uh, how many properties do you guys have in your portfolio right now? Off the top of your head, uh,
1: five, six. Okay, yeah,
0: cool. And what size? Um, because I'm asking because we're always, you know, yeah. call them commercial partners. We're always mm-hmm. working on interesting projects mm-hmm. like that and come across opportunities. Uh, what size? is your kind of sweet spot in terms of number of doors or
1: we've done two that were 30 doors. Okay. Um, well, actually the condo projects, 29 condos and then ground floor retail with five okay. retail spaces. Yeah. So that, that was a great project for us. We did a 30 unit apartment building. We have a 10 unit apartment building. Okay. We have um, a couple other that are mixed use. We tend to do more of the kind of interesting things, the creative redevelopment infill. Yeah. A few mixed-use projects. The stuff with the hair on it yeah. is what we call it in the business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
0: haven't overcome some something with regard to we've the. Property. Had some, <laughs> we've
1: had some. We've had some looks at like churches to be redeveloped. Yeah. And theaters to be redeveloped. I love and that I love stuff. stuff like that. Yeah,
0: like, repurposing properties. Yeah,
1: like preserving this beautiful old building, but let's do it in a really unique, creative way. Right. So, yeah. yeah,
0: that stuff is, is so interesting to me, and. I think it's going to be happening more and more, because yeah. especially with office buildings, mm-hmm. you're already seeing in New York City mm-hmm. and in I think San Francisco or maybe LA. No, San Francisco. I think the Salesforce building, um, certain floors are already transitioning to multifamily. Wow. Um, because you know my I live in lower downtown. My balcony looks at downtown, mm-hmm. the, the buildings, and it's still extremely vacant. Oh. And I think over time. Interesting. It's going to, you know, some buildings are going to be transitioning yeah. to multifamily. And there, there's actually one that I heard has already been in the works. Um, I can't remember which building. It's an
1: expensive head, changeover initially. It yeah, is, yeah. But, you, but do you risk it long term because you have less, generally, less upkeep? So like with office and retail, you're, you're spending big tenant improvement money yeah. when there's a changeover. Apartments, you don't. So yeah, you, you don't have so yeah, much. you don't the yeah.
0: initial investment right. is, is pretty
1: and right now the market's ripe for that. Like we have a housing shortage yep. costs are steadily increasing and office is sitting vacant. So yep. it makes sense, but I can see there's that big upfront cost. I'm like, are we really going to do this? Cause there's right. no going back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and those big buildings are nearly always owned by large institutions. And so yep. they have allocated funds and it has to perform a certain way and look a certain way. So yeah, just have to meet that.
0: Well, and they, the, the buildings, you know, mm-hmm. typically every five to 10 years, mm-hmm. a bu- you'll see a building change hands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And so the pricing, the rental rates the pricing that ha, uh, has been paid for these buildings, yeah. I'm just using downtown as right. an example, uh, is based on rental rates that are pre-COVID. Yes. And the pro they have to, uh, even though the, the buildings are vacant, they can't drop rates very much because oh, yeah. the, the, the loan will not allow it. Right. So I think it's going to take two to three years as tenants' leases expire, right. and they either downsize by... Typically half, or get rid of their office entirely, and the vacancies actually impact the market. Yeah, meaning uh, vacancies go way down. Rental rates have to drop, or landlords have to hand their keys back to the banks. That's going to take two three years to play Mm -hmm. out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And at that point, there are there's trillions of dollars of private equity capital sitting on the sidelines, ready for oh yeah yeah it's right for that yeah and so then the margins will exist to... Mm -hmm. Uh, repurpose these properties to to
1: yeah. You're going in, buying it at a lower price, right. With the intention of we're going to put in this big initial capex, and here's our projected rentals post redevelopment, if yeah, you will.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, it's crazy how uh, <laughs> you're. I'm so impressed by you. You have oh, like a. Deep knowledge of so many different things. <laughs> thank It's uh, <you. laughs> so well-rounded.
1: A long time ago. And you're a total it. badass. So oh, I'm sitting you. in
0: your beautiful home down here. Oh, thank you. Castle Rock, looking at the views <laughs> and going, my God.
1: Dawson's Butte. Yeah. <laughs> you see the Sleeping Indian on the...
0: Oh, in the um, mountain there?
1: Yeah. No. It's one of my favorite views.
0: Oh, very cool. Wow. Um, thank you. So I want to... I always like to cap these things off with... Uh, Having the listeners like get a little bit more a glimpse of you on a personal level, so okay. I like these rapid end with the like rapid fire questions. Okay, so, cool. what is your favorite technology that you use on a daily, weekly basis?
1: iPhone.
0: iPhone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good the world with
1: that iPhone. Yeah, I <laughs> do everything
0: that you need to do. Yeah, from the iPhone. Yeah. Um, okay. What's uh, what's been a a book or an inf- or a, like a person, an influencer that has impacted you in a very big way throughout your life.
1: Mm. I read a lot. I probably read a book a week, give or take. Mm-hmm. Now it's mostly Audible, so that's a hard question. Um, most of it's nonfiction. I would say like Eckhart Tolle, um, <sighs> uh, Bessel van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score. Some of those are yeah. deep. Kind of the spiritual trauma books is more what I've read recently. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Uh, who do you consider to be a hero of yours?
1: Maya Angela. Hmm. Why? I think the wisdom and the calm. I think she impacted people through calm, wise words.
0: Hmm. And energy. Yeah. 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 Just being. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And last question, what is your superpower? <laughs> something that you're just great at that people may or may not know about you.
1: Ooh. it's a tough call. These are hard questions. I think <laughs> it's perfect. Uh I am fiercely determined and loyal. If I set my mind to something... I will make it happen. We have the saying GSD. I will get in get stuff done mode. <laughs>
0: get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I I told you you could cuss on this. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get shut done. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I love that. Get it's a great skills. answer. Beautiful.
1: I'm like decently good at a lot of things. Like I have a yep. range, but I wouldn't say I'm. I don't know real superpower? Yeah. Yeah. Probably determination. No, that's a
0: great one, determination. Yeah, and it's very clear in just about everything that you have touched. you've touched, you made it <laughs> successful. Thank so, you. great answer. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. This is such a fun conversation. Thank you. Again, uh, planetary.com p l a n e t a r i e.com uh, for more information on CBD A and her products, and then how can uh, people connect with you if they want to or contact uh, Planetary? What's the best way? Just the website.
1: Yeah, through the website you okay. can reach out, and then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so you can okay. find me on LinkedIn as well.
0: Stacy Kaysen, yeah. C A S O N.
1: That's it.
0: Thank you so much, Stacy. This sure. was fun. Thank you. All right.